up, Jeff? Eric, what's going on, brother? How you doing today? I'm doing good. Everybody out there in the podcast world, welcome to the HBCU guys. We're back with episode five. How you been, bro? I've been good, man. How you been, man? I know you've been kind of busy, busy, you know, with basketball season and everything in full effect, man. But, you know, I've been doing good. How you been doing? Hey, bro, I've been doing good, man. That's a blessing. I'm, I'm really ready to, to, to talk about what we got to talk about today, man. I'm really ready to get get in the kitchen, man, to see what's what's cooking in the cab, man. What's, what's hot cooking in the kitchen in the right now? What's hot in the cab? You te- what's hot? What's going on? What's hot? What's hot in HBCU land right now? But bro, I tell you, man, you know, you remember back in the HBCU days going to, going to the cab, you you definitely going to get you a hot meal of some sort. You don't know what you're getting, but you're getting it. But, you're getting it, but right. here you go. Today we're going to talk about the economic aspect of the HBCU athletics. We're talking about sponsorship. We're talking about fundraising. We're talking about everything economic with the HBCU world, man. And that's we're really talking about sports. But why why can't we? get on the same level as our counterparts. That's the big discussion. Well, you know, I've always said one of the reasons why we can't, you know, get ahead of our, of our counterparts, man, is because, one, we don't think business. You know, we don't look at our athletic programs as being a business. We don't look at athletics as being a, uh, a, a, a sport that, you know, generates money not only for, you know, your athletic program, but for your schools also. So I think that's one of the issues, man, that we don't understand the importance of, money revenue and then also i think that another thing that hurts us too man is, is sponsorships you know when you look at the ci uh, uh of, of double a you know they only got a handful of sponsors man i mean they got something called academic sports or something like that that's one of their title sponsors uh food line is a title sponsor lowe's is a is a title sponsor and of course coca-cola you know they title sponsors with damn near any sports outlet you know anywhere they can put somebody coke in somebody's hand you know that's what they're going to be but you know, you know, when you look at other conferences and other schools, they have big sponsorships. You know, like when you look at like the ACC or they have like an ACC tournament or something like that, it's always sponsored by Toyota or it's sponsored by Microsoft and stuff like that. So they got big sponsors. You know, um, if you look at uh, the Staples Center, they just changed their name to the Crypto. What do they call it? Crypto.com Arena or something like that? Yeah, but, crypto. You know, yeah, yeah, Crypto. But if you look at it, yo, they're paying, they're paying the Los Angeles Lakers a certain amount of money every year for 23 years just to keep their name on it. You know, but, but when, when you go to HBCU, the gym is named after Dr. Johnson Jones. Who the hell is Dr. Johnson Jones? He's not generating you any money. He's no sponsor. Take his damn name off of there. You know what I mean? Take that damn name off of there and put somebody's name on there who's going to make you some money. You know, like, you're mad about no damn doctor. Anyway. <laughs> you know, and, and we can start with, with football. Hold up. Hold up, I don't want to cut you off though, man. You, you know how you in college, man, and they be like, uh, uh what if his air class over in Dr. Jones over there in Dr. Jones gym, gymnasium? What? What? <laughs> what? But go ahead. No, 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 what were you gonna say? Well, what I was gonna say, man, was just just this. You know, we can I wanna look at this today as we break this down, man, because I think this is something people want to hear about. I want to look at conference by conference, but I, I, I want to agree with you. You know, I think that it starts there. The HBCU, you know, the, the, the legacy, the history. And and a lot of times when you do that, you're, you're, you're stripping yourself of the opportunity for financial gain. You're, you're, you're stripping yourself of financial gain. And so you, 
you're looking at opportunities, for example. You mentioned Dr. Johnson Jones. You know, this guy's name is on the, on the gym, but, you know, because he was a, an athlete, athlete, activist, he did something. But see, think about schools, for example. You look at Oklahoma State. When you look at their state, I mean, you think of T-Bone Pickens. T-Bone Pickens. And see, T-Bone Pickens has given that school over $100 million. Now, you give a school $100 million, you deserve to get your name to mm-hmm. And so, that's what we're missing out. This is the thing, folks. I want you to understand this. And you know this just as well as I do. Everything's for sale. Yeah, everything's for sale. That's right. Every Everything's for sale. We look at the NBA jerseys nowadays. They got two, three, four sponsors on them. Hey, listen. And hey, listen, you can go to the you can go to the store, buy a brand new uh, buy a brand new vacuum cleaner, and then go and try to tell somebody to buy it. You know That's what I mean? Right. Like you, you, you know, everything. You're right. Anything is for sale. You can sell anything. You can sell anything. And so the HBCU, in my opinion, is out. Which was this was a great time. So I tell you what, man. We're talking about this. We can let's start in the swag. I know you love the swag. So let's start in the swag. I did. I was doing a little bit, and I saw that in the swag. They had a just brand new. They had a Pepsi Pepsi contract um, this year that that was going to go for three years, and it was totaling four hundred million dollars to increase opportunities for black communities. Now, what does this deal with? You're talking about signage, naming rights, product product supplies, um, digital analog logos. Displays on the 50-yard line, uh, <clears throat> cable and digital media advertising. So this is what we're talking about. Right. That, that's what you want. That's how that that is how your athletic program builds capital. That's how athletics and programs are are funding to be able to financially be separately independent from the school to make as much money as they possibly can. That's correct. That's it. That is it. You know, it, exactly and, it's, right. and, and it's almost like, yo, know, when you talk about sponsorship, man, I was reading an article here in Baltimore about, you know, how, um, you know, how Cobb State is, is, is working in a, a deficit athletic budget. You know, they have a small athletic budget and stuff like that. And they, and they got to, you know, overcharge the students. You know, they got to overcharge the student as a student fee just to fund an athletic program. Now, I think that's wrong. I think why would why did you have to rip, rip the kids off and then turn back and tell them oh hey look you can come to games for free no they ain't coming to the games for free they pay these high ass student fees that's what they doing yeah man so back to this conversation brother Jeff listen you know Pepsi Pepsi we we've been talking about you know and, and just to bring everybody back to what we're talking about we're looking at the, the economic landscape of HBCU. Um, partnerships, corporate partnerships, sponsorships, fundraising, and all kinds of um, economic um, activity in the HBCU athletic world. And so, you know, one of the biggest things that I've seen recently, as recent is that, is that Pepsi, you know, um, joined forces with the SWAC to be the main beverage sponsor for all the football and basketball championship games through, the, through 2023. You know, and and to me, that's, that's huge. Uh, you, you, you know what I mean? I, I think that's big. I think Pepsi is big. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to see, you know, more than just, um, you know, uh, soft drink sponsorships. You know, I would like to see, you know, more so of, and like I was saying um, before, I would, like, I would like to see more so of a Toyota or more of a Chick-fil-A or more of a, 
you know, more of an AT&T. You know, I know the Celebration Bowl got cricket, but, you know, cricket is not really a big time, you know, phone provider. You know, I would love to see an a, uh, uh, um, AT&T, you know, sponsorship. I would love to see an iPhone, you know, a uh, 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 sponsorship. I would like to see bigger sponsorships really invest into or, you know, have bigger sponsorships on um, some of these HBCUs. And I'll I, I tell you one school who I think is, is, is kind of on the right path. And um, that's A&T. And I think that A&T, uh, you know, has naming rights to that stadium. If, if I'm not, you know, if I'm not wrong, I think BB&T Bank has uh, true, some type true of. Truest now. Truest now. Truest, yeah. But I know BB&T was the first one. And BB&T gave them a million dollars and stuff like that. So those type of sponsorships are big. But, you know, it, it, instead of getting a million dollar sponsorship, why not get a four or five or six or, or $20 million sponsorship, you know, over a course of the years, because now you're bringing in a whole lot more, you know, now you're bringing the extra revenue for your, for your athletic program, a million dollars. That's cool. But you know, when you run an athletic program, you know, you can run through a million dollars in no time. So, you know, I would just like to see, you know, bigger, bigger sponsorships on some, on some of these HBCUs. And, you know, not only that, I would like to see more local sponsorships. And, and you know, I always ha uh, a harp on Towson, you know, because I go to, to, to a lot of their games, but they have a lot of local sponsorship. You know, they have the small businesses and stuff like that. Now, Morgan maybe have one or two, you know, they may have uh, Henderson and Webb and, you know, they may have Up and Smoke Catering and stuff like that. But they don't really have any any real big, small, local sponsorships and i i think that you know with the way college athletics is going and stuff like that you need that big title sponsorship you just need that title sponsorship in order to continue to drive revenue to your athletic programs well i say this let me say this i mean you mentioned so i'm 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 gonna take you back a touch so and i'm gonna just do a comparison you mentioned towson stadium and towson more than you mentioned, A&T. 2018, BBNT gave A&T $1.5 million for the stadium name and rights over the next 15 years. Now, that's, a, that's not a lot for 15 years, but i tell you one thing. Just like we, just like I said earlier, everything's for sale. And so Everything. To, for, them to get, for them to get started, for them to get started, for them to even go after and get a stadium sponsor, you know, was, was a huge thing. So once Truist bought out BB&T and SunTrust, you know, they continue with the deal. But this is the thing. You mentioned Towson. Well, Johnny Unitas has their name on their state. So we talked about Mr. Dr. Dave, Dr. Johnny Johnson. Listen, the, the, the PwCs do the same thing, man. And so, you know, this it's a, the things that we're talking about are some starts. And so just to start in the swag as we started, let me tell you something. You talking about mentioned Chick-fil-A. Let me tell you something. Pepsi is way bigger than Chick-fil-A. And see, Pepsi, Pepsi been worldwide. Of course. I mean, they've been around longer. They've, know, been, around. they've been around. They've been around. And so, to, for the can you, Pepsi, that's huge. But let, me ask you this. but let me ask you this. Can you really compare Pepsi to a Chick-fil-A? Now, yeah. now, now, Pepsi has been around longer, but can you actually sit there and say, okay, well, you know, a Pepsi... A, a Pepsi sponsorship is bigger than than a Chick Fil A. Everyone loves Chick Chick Fil A. Shit, I went no, to a Chick Fil A. But Chick Fil A, but that's a different. Ha ha. Chick Fil A ain't everywhere. And Chick Fil A ain't you, everywhere. You think about Chick Fil A. You know what I'm saying? You think about Chick Fil A. You think about Pepsi. Pepsi is all. It's worldwide. It is worldwide. Not on that. Is it, Pepsi is, owns is restaurants. Yeah. And so, but the thing about it is, we we talking, we talking, we talking average. The point is. 
when, when, when these schools are going out here and getting some of these sponsorships, you know, that's huge. And so this swag three-year deal that they just came up with, that they just made, you know, putting putting Pepsi on the, on the field, this is where we start to get what we're talking about. Everything's for sale. And, and so they're trying to brand themselves. And so mm-hmm. we're talking about sponsorships. Now, let's look at the MIAC. What is the MIA? What kind of sponsorships other than a- a- ANT's going to them? You can't take ANT. So let me tell you something else about ANT since we, we talk about ANT. <laughs> ANT is one of the second largest on campus football facilities in the Winston State, in the Triad area. That's only behind Wake Forest. Mm. Mm. Well, so let's talk about I mean, C- let's talk about C- to- No, let's talk about MIA. Well, I mean, MIAC don't have any sponsors. That's why everyone is leaving. Who are MIAC sponsorships? Who are name five MIAC sponsors? I can't. I, I can only name Food Line. No, that's I, I, don't think, um, I don't. I don't think Food Line is associated with the MIAC. That's the that's the CIAA. CIAA. Yeah, I don't know any real title sponsorship that the MIAC has, and I think that well, that's one of the reasons why know, they. The only one I know is cricket, and that's and that's because of the celebration ball. But I don't. But is that is that associated with the MIAC though? Because you got to think. But I mean, because when you think, you, you know, when you look at the when you look at some of these, you know, Power Five schools, and when they always say we are a proud sponsor of the Big Ten Conference, you know, right. we're a proud sponsor of this conference and stuff like that. They are, you know, they always say, you know, we are a sponsor of this conference. What is what is that title sponsorship for for, for the MIAC? Hmm. Everybody, has, everyone has one. I mean, that's a good question, I mean, and that's why I think the MIAC is struggling to keep teams because at the end of the day, the commissioner should be bringing in sponsorships to help give money to the athletic program so the athletic program, you know, you know can succeed. And that's what's right. not happening to MIAC, and that's why I think the MIAC is struggling to find schools because schools are looking at at the MIAC and, and like, well, you know, it's not financially feasible for us to come to this conference because we're not going to make any money. <laughs> That's a good point, man. That's a real I mean, good if point. You, if I, you, think, if, if, I think you're I mean, right. I mean, I mean, because this thing, if you got coaches now these days making $100 million, where is that $100 million coming from? Now, I know boosters put together packages and stuff like that. Schools got to do stuff and stuff like that. But a lot of times, your sponsorship, donations, stuff like that comes to the school for them to, for them to be able to keep paying Charlie Weiss, who ain't coached in about 15 years and stuff like that. All that stuff adds up. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I, another thing too is, you know, like I went to University of Maryland game when they played Michigan, and you know, uh, Rye Whiskey is a local. Rye Whiskey is a local, um, you know, is a local uh, alcohol company here in Maryland. They are one of Maryland top. Yo, know, they are one of Maryland top sponsors. So if you go to a Maryland game, guess what you can buy? You can buy Rye Whiskey there. But HBCUs are not doing those type of things to generate any type of money. That's what we are struggling at financially. It's not like that we're behind. We're behind because we ain't understanding the economics on, look, we need to make this money in order for us to be successful. At the end of the day, everything is about money. Because you okay. said it. So then tell me how they it. could do it. Tell me how they could do it then. What, is, what, what would be, you know, because we keep saying, we keep saying that, but until, you got to understand, until we got HBCU graduates that are, CEO and COOs and CFOs of Rye Whiskey and of these companies, you see, then it's going to be a hard because we're fighting off here about. You see, we can't we can't keep asking for something when 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 they already don't want to give it to us. 
Well, how do we know that if we don't ask? We know. How we don't? How we know? How, how do we know that if we don't ask for sponsorship? How do we know we don't try to go out and get the sponsorships? I mean, you know, take it for granted. Take it for granted, you know. And we go back to, to the whole Dion. Dion went there. And he asked. He came in there. He changed the mindset. Maybe the mindset of the HBCU leaderships needs to change. Because even though, look, don't get me wrong, it's Deion Sanders right here. That's Sanders, right. Nate, thank you. I'm glad you acknowledged that. I mean, I mean, he's all this. He's all that. Right. So it's a little bit easier. But still, you can still go in pro and say, look, we want to get this, not the third and stuff like that. Oh, look, we got Hugh Jackson as a head coach. We got Eddie Jackson. As a, I, mean, I mean, we got Eddie George as a head coach. You know, it never hurts to ask. It never hurts to present something to a company. But it because, you know, because companies are always looking for ways to make more money. Companies are always trying to figure out ways on how to uh, promote their brand or, or to promote their business. I mean, if you look at the whole insurance wars, I mean, you got Liberty Mutual, you got Geico, you got all these competing for your jobs. I mean, competing for, for your uh, for your money. So when we look at these halftimes of some of these bowl games, guess who's presented? Geico, Liberty Mutual. You know what I'm saying? Why can't we go and compete? Why can't we go ask Liberty Mutual to be a sponsor for the MIAC? So how can we do it? Then you keep talking about we ain't, we ain't, we ain't. Tell me how. Tell the people how. People out here one, want to know. One, they can't just one, listen to you complain. They want to know. Well, well, one, I think you got to put a better product on a court and on a field. That's one. You got to get people to come to the games. You gotta, you gotta try to try to increase revenue through ticket sales. You gotta try to create revenue through concessions. You gotta try to create revenue uh, through merchandise because now when you do those type of things. Companies that say, okay, well, they're making money doing this and the third. Well, maybe we should go in and try to invest into their school because I know that we can make money because they're making money doing X, Y, and Z. So you got to kind of increase the visibility of your product. And that's one thing HBCU is not doing is they're not. Well, not all. And, Let's not say all. You can't not say all, all, right. But, but you know what? I think that I think that when we start talking about HBCUs, man, I think we kind of got to ex exclude uh, the SWAT conference from a lot of these conversations. Because I think the swag is actually doing it right. I mean, you know, even though Dion is down there, I, I, I've always thought I've always thought the swag always did it right. I just think Dion just got him over the hump. Well, I mean, as far as that aspect, I think you I think you have a you have a better setup. I mean, looking at it right now, the Miak and the swag there is not a, it's not a competition anymore. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. I'm not gonna say talent. I'm not gonna say talent wise, top to bottom, the swag is better because the Miak has owned the swag. For years, but I will say, as far as game day atmosphere, as far as um, butts in the seat, as far as you know, um, total total um, total attendance of games, the swag has has out outpaced the, the MEAC Man. for years and years for and years. years. And and to be honest with you, they outpaced a lot. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I may have to go back and do the research. Swag always is top one of the top two in attendance in the FCS anyway. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Dion got them over that hump that they've been trying to get to. So why can't they get more sponsors? I don't know. That's a good question. Because they got they got all these people coming to the game. That's what you just said, right? And they got people coming to the game. I don't know. They got, I mean, shit. Jackson State signed number one prospect today. Just signed the number one prospect in the nation. Now, what should that? That should bring them a whole lot of people, huh? Shit, I was just looking at something. They got a three-star that's transferred from Southern Miss. They got a somebody else. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I just think that that's all on, on the school and the leadership at the end of the day.
that's what I think it comes down to, Eric. Man, I just think it comes down to to the leadership of the school, the people who are dealing with it, and I think that you got to have a business mind too. Also, I think that plays in the fact that too having a business mindset, understanding like, hey, I need money to run this program, and I just can't go out every year and schedule Alabama and Ohio State to make a million dollars. Like we should be I'm able to. You, I'm glad you mentioned that. Because, you know what I'm saying? We, we got to try to figure out ways how to generate a million dollars instead of going there and putting our kids out there to play for a million dollars. I mean, that's all the black schools are doing. The black schools are looking at, at the kids like, hey, look, we need a million dollars. We know you ain't going to be Ohio State, but go out there and play Ohio State because we need this to, 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 to continue to run our athletic budget. Instead of saying, well, how can we generate a million dollars so we ain't got to put our kids in harm's way? No, I agree. And that can't be the only way. And so only way. What, about, what about the CIAA? CI is a Division II conference. Um, you know, one thing about the CI, I, I think that they they hang their hat on the CIAA tournament. And I think that that's how they make their money. And I'm I'm not mad about that if that's how they make their money. But at the end of the day, football sells. Football, football, football is almost like sex in America. Sex sells, as they say, right? You know, football sells. That's what they say. That's what they say, right? Football sales. Everyone wants to go to a football game. I mean, football is so popular, you know, that they're starting to come up with extra pro leagues. You know what I mean? You know, just because there's so many people out there who want to play football, and that's such a need for it. And that's the same thing with college. You know, college has become – college football is starting to become like that. And it's going to start trickling down to some of these D2 schools. Because, you know, if if these Power 5 co- coaches can make $100 million, then, you know, a D2 coach sooner or later is going to start making, you know, uh, five six hundred thousand dollars a year. That's true. That's right. I agree. So I mean, that's, so, that's it's, it's it's the it's the law. It's the law of nature. It's the law of nature. So the D two's got to figure it out. I just think that the CI has a great thing going with the um with the um. I I think the CI actually has it. I think I think the CI AA actually has it right because they got a conference championship. They got one of the biggest tournaments in the nation. They just got to figure a lot. Figure out how can they capitalize off of that. You know what I'm saying? How can uh, like you know, like? I thought you were hating on the black college because I agree. I think I think the CIA has a pretty decent plan. I think they just need to continue capitalizing because looking at their sponsors, since we're talking about since we're talking about the financial um, layout of the schools, you know they you know they've always had food lion, they've always had Lowe's, and and looking on their website, corporate sponsors they have nationwide, and and so that's that's not bad for a Division Two conference. It's not bad, but you, you know, know what? I think I think that a, a school like a conference like like the, the CIAA could benefit greatly off of Deion Sanders' effect. Oh well, but, but by all means, they could definitely benefit off the off of Deion Sanders. But I, I look at that, and then I be honest, I look at the conferences like the SAC. You know, so as I was th- as I was doing some research and I was mentioning that, I look at the SAC and all of those, and I don't see the corporate sponsors. I think. I think the CI is doing a decent job. I just think it goes back to that, in my opinion, that goes back to the very first thing you said. The product on the field. Yeah. You got you some you got you some programs. Boo is doing one wonderful things in a big market. You got Winston State. You got your Virginia Union in Richmond, Virginia State. You got, you know, John C. But but the, but the, I'm not even gonna say their name because when you got those kind of teams getting obliterated week in and week out. And 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 in the in the, the 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 resources and the facilities don't look don't look better than the worst high schools in the world. Then, right. Then, right. then, then it, it 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 changes the tone. 
So you're not right. going to have butts in the seat. You're not going to have a good product. And then that getting more. That's right. You know, you know, and one thing I like about what the CIAA does differently than what the SAC does is the SAC will have a, a championship game on a college campus. The um, the uh, CIAA will actually have a conference championship game at a neutral site. So right. that makes it even more interesting. But I think that what the CIAA should do with their championship game is try to take it to a bigger city instead of Salem, Virginia. I don't even know where the hell Salem, Virginia is. But, you know, I, so in the world, no world. I don't know either. That's what I'm saying. If, if you could bring that joint, if you could take that, that the CIAA championship to a Charlotte or Atlanta, I wouldn't even say Atlanta. Get away from Atlanta because everybody wants to do everything in Atlanta. Maybe bring right. it to Baltimore. You know, maybe you know, maybe bring it to Baltimore. You know, maybe bring it to uh, to Charlotte. Maybe bring it to to Miami, Florida, or something like that. Somewhere different. You know, what I'm saying where people would want to travel. I think that that would do the conference you know some good. But I think that you know the CIAA has a has a great model. I just think that they need to need to figure out a way how to get more sponsorships to really get that conference over the hump. The MEAC, I don't know about the MEAC because they can't even hold on to teams. But um, the SWAC, man, you know, the SWAC is the hot thing. You know, whoever the AD is down there in SWAC, man, kudos to him, man, because he he really had a vision. And, you know, and he hired Dion, and they getting sponsorships. They getting players. I mean, I'm pretty sure they've made over probably over $50 million in ticket sales already. Oh yeah, well, listen. I mean? We talked about yeah. the we talked about the celebration bowl, and what the celebration bowl sold out bottom level. They opened up the two hundred level, sold out the two hundred level. You know, and now they they're offering a a, a thousand standing room only tickets. And, and so I tell you, man. I mean, I think to be honest with you, the the, the brunt of that is from the swag, and so I think it's that swag appeal. And so you look at the swag now and you think, okay, all right. Then you look at, oh, wow, um, you got um, Grambling hires Hugh Jackson, a former um, NFL coach with the Bengals and the Browns, went 12 and 4 with the Bengals at NFL. Now, I'm going to tell you something right here. You say what you want to say. Ain't nobody else around the HBCU landscape went 12 and 4 in the NFL. In the NFL. In the NFL, now this is the top. Are you sure you want to say well, he he did this, he did that? He went twelve and four at some point with the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, so then you yeah. got cats wanting to come back into the swag, such as Kevin Sumlin and those guys who had Johnny Manziel beat Alabama at Texas A&M and M and and has a winning record overall in Houston and these places. Listen, I mean you're right. Swag right now, man, is like the dog home. It, it, it's like the the the, the popping the bumping club on the weekend. Everybody wants. <laughs> And that's what the swag been wanting for years, yo. I, be, I believe this is what the swag has always wanted. I, I, I believe that. I always believed that swag was a good conference. Swag always had good football, but this is what they wanted. It got them over the hump. I mean, they got. I mean, they got all the bands. Shit, they got every, every all they bands got. Uh, every school down they got a hundred member band. That's true. You know what I mean? They that's got a hundred member band, but yeah, but yeah, but uh, sponsorship is key, man. You know, I think that. Once we can get sponsorship and, and drive revenue and drive sales and drive ticket sales and stuff like that, and like I say, man, I listen to I listen to sports talk radio here in Baltimore, man, and I hear, um, you know, Towson basketball promos all the time. I never hear Morgan State one. You know, it's, it's that visibility, man, and 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 I, and I just really think that, man, and I, I know we're gonna go to something else, but I, I just want to say this, man. I just really think that 
the MEAC has to start thinking outside the box. The, the SWAG has thought outside the box. Um, you know, the, the, the MEAC is slowly starting to become a dying conference. Um, it's not exciting. Um, you still got old coaches, you, you know, who, who don't really have a name in that conference and stuff like that. Um, so I just think that the MEAC needs to try to figure out a way how to re-energize the fan base and get the people to notice about, you know, the MEAC. I mean, because yeah. shit, today is National Signing Day, and you don't hear any big news coming out coming out of MEAC. You don't hear nothing. Who, who signed who? Yeah, good point. Good point. That's a, that's a good point. So, I mean, we'll table that for another time because guess what? I know that's going to come back up. So we're going to move on now, man. We're going to look at the scoreboard. And, and in the scoreboard, you know, we're, we're finished with the season. So we're going to kind of wrap this up in, in, in a simple thing. We're going to, we're going to talk about two, two teams, well, three teams in football. We're going to talk about a, a, a CIAA team that, that made a good run. We're going to talk about this upcoming celebration bowl. And then we're going to talk about getting into basketball as that's where we are right now, man. So, I'm going to yeah, start. You know, play, you know hey, hey, Eric. Huh? Eric, before we go on, you know, I played basketball in high school. I was one of the top prospects in the nation. Oh my um, God. You know, I was ranked high in Mike. I was ranked high in a lot of these, some of these Michael five who? stars. Michael, Mike, Mike, who? George. Mike Johnson. Mike Jordan. Mike Jones. Oh. Mike Jones. Who? Mike oh, okay. Jones. That's who. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. you know, I dunk on you if I got to. You know, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm too I'm two eighty five, but I still can get up and dunk on you now. Bro, I'm gonna fire you. You ain't I'm gonna fire you real hard. See, that's see, that's violent. You see, you shouldn't bring violence in the sports. But anyway, let's go ahead and keep going. <laughs> so tell me about Bowie, man. Tell me about talk to me about Bowie State, man. Well, Bowie State is how how, how can I say this? Bowie State, and I and I feel like the head coach of Bowie State. You know, I, I feel like. Um, you know, Morgan State should have hired him a long time ago. He's done a great like job, man. He, he has done, has a, done great a great job. job. He's done a great job. And I and I, I think he's been overlooked uh, many a time. People say he don't interview well, but shit, there's a lot of people out there who can't even write well. But anyway, right. but um, Bowie State, man, they, they do a really good job. And this is one thing I admire about Bowie, man. They do a really good job of recruiting Maryland. Um, so I think Bowie State has a formula where they will recruit uh, a lot of high school kids out of out of the Maryland area, and okay. then they will also go out and get some some transfers and JUCOs and mix everybody all in. And I mm-hmm. think that that's that. And I think that that's been that their recipe for success because before uh, Winston Salem State tried to move to the MEAC, um, the CIAA was completely dominated by Winston Salem State. Now, right. however. That's right. Bowie State were always, always, always. And don't, and don't forget, Virginia State was always caught up in the mix somewhere too. But I've right. always felt like they were good. They were good. Bowie State, they, yeah, they were good. But I've always thought Bowie State was always in the middle of the pack. They've gotten over the hump. They won three CIAA championships. Excuse me. They recruit very well. Um, you know, they're they're trying to build up around that the, the campus down there. Um, and I just think Bowie State will always be the pinnacle of D2 football. Now, are they, are they going to beat the Vidalsters? I think they can. And I think what they have to do is start recruiting kids from the South to be able to recruit with the Vidalsters states. Um, do, I think that the, do I think Bowie State can make it to a D2 national semifinal game? Absolutely. Do I think that Bowie State can beat a, a MEAC school? They almost did this year when they beat Delaware State. 
So, right. you know, I think that um I think that uh I think that Bowie State has it right. I think that they are one of the black colleges out here that actually, as far as football wise, actually have it right. And don't and don't get it twisted either, man. Basketball ain't bad either, man, because they got a couple CIAA basketball championships under their belts also. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, I mean, so you know, we're talking about Bowie, you all gonna see if you all know anything about Bowie State and Bowie Maryland. Bowie made it to the third round of Division Two playoffs. Had a great showing. Ended up coming up short to Valdosta State, which is a perennial powerhouse. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't they win it all? I don't know because they haven't they haven't had the D two championships yet. I think they in the semis. I think a championship may be this weekend or it might have been last. I'm not sure because I know um, I don't think that they've had the championship game because I know the FCS are going to the semis this week. So the D two has got to be somewhere around the semis or, or national championship game this week also. So I'm not sure. Oh yeah, okay. So I'm looking at it right here, man. It's it's um they play the division division two championship. They play Ferris State. It says they play Ferris State right here, and they play them. They play those guys coming up. Um. Yep. 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 Yeah. So yep, they play um, this weekend. So you'll have them, but that's still that's still a good run for Bowie State. You know to be. To come up basically two games shy of making it to the championship. Last team to do that in the Division Two was Winston Salem State about 10 years, 10, 10, 12 years ago now with Carnell Maynard losing to Valdosta State. But that don't count though, because they had a bunch of D1 kids in 18, so I don't really count that. He Man. he didn't he didn't win. He didn't win with he didn't win with D he didn't win with D two talent. He won with D one talent. And 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 the thing about it is a guy on that team actually went pro. Sure did. Sure did. So he had dogs on that team. So, you know, yeah. I want to see him do that. Let me see him do that at Alabama A&M. There you go. There you go. There you go. Well, um, <laughs> we just talked about the Celebration Bowl coming up. We got Celebration Bowl this weekend. Top two teams, VAC and SWAT. Who you got? <sighs> I'm going to go. I'm going to have to go with the MEAC. Uh, the reason why I say this is because um, uh, Buddy Pugh has always had a well-coached football team over over the course of the years since he's been there. He's always had a well-coached football team. They've always been consistent. Uh, we don't wait know- a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a doggone minute. You just picked South Carolina State to beat Jackson State. Yeah, I sure did. Oh my god, I sure did. And I think that Buddy Pugh is going to have a a well-coached football team. Um, I think that because um, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, Eric, we really don't know what type of football team Jackson State is. You know what I mean? And we really don't know how well-coached they are because I think people forget. I think people forget. Fam, you only lost to Jackson State 7-6. and six. That's true. And every team that Jackson State played, they blew out. Every team after that, fam, you beat. So my thing is, we don't really know how well-coached team Jackson State really is. Because the thing about it is, we all caught up in the Deion. We all caught up in the Deion Sanders hoopla, but we don't know what type of coaching is really going on down there at Jackson State. Hmm. Okay. So give me I, a mean, score. Beat, I mean, I mean, they beat a 
they beat a, 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 Louisiana, a, Louisiana, a Louisiana Monroe team, but that team is in the dumps. That ain't, that, that ain't a powerful team. Let me tell you something. I guarantee you next year, I guarantee you next year, Florida a and wins that division con. Wins that division next year. You're saying a whole lot about a team that just got no more recruiting. You're saying they're going to they gonna lose to Florida a and I, I think I think Florida a and beat them. I like Willie Simmons. Yeah, I like Simmons what he was doing. up for a job. He was up for a D1 job, so maybe he is up for a challenge. Yeah, I mean, he almost beat him. He lost to him seven to six. And they got, you know, and they had it. So that's what I'm going with. My score for this game, I would say, is going to be 35 28 South Carolina State. 35 28 South Carolina State. All right. All right. Well, look, let's look at basketball, man. What you got? What we got coming up, man, basketball wise? Because we'll start really, we're going to start really digging in basketball next week, next time we come back. But what what you looking forward to seeing this year in basketball? Well, I'm looking to see who's going to be uh, the winner of the MIAC. You know, I think MIAC basketball is probably a little bit better than um, SWAG basketball. But I can't say that because Alabama State just beat Florida, but every, anybody's beating Florida. But I want to see Texas in the Southern, MIAC. Yeah, Texas Southern did too. Texas Southern did too. I, I, I want to see in the MIAC um, who's going to be the next champion. Is it going to be a Norfolk State? Is it going to be North Carolina Central? Because, you know, Lavelle Moulton, he's up and down. I watched a couple of his games and stuff like that. And, you know, I don't know if um, if those guys at Central are being, you know, developed right. That's just my opinion. Um, I like Moulton. I like what he's done at Central. I mean, he's a Central guy and stuff like that. But I want to see who's going to – is the conference going to come down to Norfolk State, uh, North Carolina Central, or FAMU? I mean, not FAMU. Yeah, FAMU's in the sweat. Fans in the swag, but I think that you're right. You got Norfolk. You always got Norfolk in the in the um in the MEAC. You always have Central that plays pretty tough. But I'm gonna tell you a team that I saw firsthand <laughs> down in um down in uh in Rock Hill, South Carolina State. Hey, South Carolina they, State doesn't look bad. How they look? Hey, they don't look bad. I'm tell you what they 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 are. Uh, they, they beat South Florida. They beat High Point. Tubby Smith. You know they they have some they have some length. They got some guards that can push and shoot. And I tell you what, they played Duke to within forty. I mean, and they, I mean that's saying a little bit. Duke number one, one number one top top five teams in the nation. So yeah, but Duke down say, is aren't they? Isn't Duke down yeah, this year? Uh, they, they, I think they up, man. So I think you add South Carolina State to the mix, man. So you know it's going to be an interesting year this year in, in basketball. I be I be very interested to see. Um, what 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 some of these teams will be able to do, man, and um, and don't be surprised either, man, and, and and don't be surprised too, man, if if, if people start seeing a, a cop and state in that Miag mix, and I know they only won one game this year, and they kind of had a boo boo last night against Drexel with a with a manager forgot to bring their jerseys, and they had to you know wear Drexel's warm up, man. It's a lot going on in Coppin, but Coppin, you and me, yes, man, keep an eye out for those schools. Um, come on, man, come on, Juan. They forgot the jerseys. It was bad. Okay, well, if I know Juan, Juan to get it right. So I hope no, he they, it right anyway. Juan, word around town is they're trying to get rid of Juan. Juan hasn't been successful. That program at Cobbin State, Eric, man, is completely in the dumps. Man, when I say that joint in the dumps, that joint has been flushed down the toilet drain. That's how bad it is over at Cobbin State basketball. 
Yeah, but can that be? Is that his fault? Well, from what I understand, it's it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it's a combination from administration, um, and then you know, Coppin State lacks the resource. Man, I, I don't know if, if people know, man. Coppin State in the middle of West Baltimore, man. Coppin State is literally right down the street from where the Freddie Gray rise happened. It's right oh, down wow. the street from there. Wow. Wow. All right, well, let's move on, man. I'll tell you, we're going to move on. we got two more sessions to deal with. And so the, we're going to talk about the big dummy of the week. Who's going to tell you who my big dummy of the week is? My big dummy of the week resides in Arkansas. All right? My big dummy of the week's name is Solomon Bozeman. Do you know who Solomon Bozeman is? I have no clue. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you who this who, who my dummy of the week is. This joker is the head coach at Arkansas Pine Blue. This The coach made his team run sprints during a timeout during the game <laughs> against Iowa State. Serious. No, I'm dead serious. No, I'm dead serious. I didn't see that. I, didn't, I think I saw something like that, but I kind of ignored it because it didn't really make sense to me. But why? But what was the reason, bro? Bro, I have no, I have no idea. I think it was a punishment. The Joker called a timeout, made his players run sprints up down the court, bro. Yeah, and I'm tell you what happened after that. The referee. The referee basically blew the whistle. I was like, "Come on, man! Y'all ain't going to Solomon. What are you doing?" I got it. Can you YouTube that, man? You YouTube that Solomon Bowlesman. This, this Solomon Bowlesman. Oh, I saw Pine Bluff and watch this thing, man. So I, I wonder when. I wonder when these schools are going to start hiring big name basketball. When they're going to start hiring big name basketball coaches to come in and run. Well, this is the difference. Here's the difference. In basketball, in the basketball world, it's way more diverse. We get way more opportunities. Mm-hmm. So coaches are – so, you know, it's, they're going to be a little less prone coming to the HBCU. But we, we've seen it sprinkled in here and there. We see a Todd Bozeman because he doesn't get another shot. We saw mm-hmm. Mike Davis National Championship in Indiana down in Texas Southern. We see it here and there. Mm-hmm. We've even seen an Avery Johnson. You know, but and it, it's just a little different in basketball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just a little mm-hmm. different in basketball. Yeah. So, but man, we're gonna about wrap this thing up, man. I wanted to uh, talk about uh, our uh, spotlight of the week, man. Our school spotlight. You want to do? You, do you want to do your uh, your nah, school you- days bit, man? You got something for us today or no? I'm trying to think. School days. I'm trying to think. A memory from school days. I don't know, man. I had so many crazy memories, man, when I was in college, man, especially dealing with the black college, especially when I was in college, man, at Livingstone and, and Morgan State, man. Um, it's, it's hard, man. I got I to gotta dig into my, my membrane and try to figure out, uh, you know, what was a good – but we'll do that next time because you kind of caught me on that. It's all right. It's okay. So – we we'll come back to that next time. Y'all look for the school days. We're going to talk about our school of the week. 
this movie going to go spotlight on Lincoln University in Missouri. Langston University in Missouri? No, Lincoln. Lincoln University. Lincoln. Lincoln. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people don't know about Lincoln, Missouri, man. Yeah. They don't, yeah. man. They don't. Because it, it, you know what? I think and I, I said this this before. You got there are a ton of black colleges out here. I call them black college. I don't call them HBC. I call them what they are. We, yeah, we black college. Damn all that HBC. But anyway, um, you know, um, you 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 hear a lot about um, you hear a lot about these other schools. And the reason why you don't hear about schools like Lincoln and stuff like that is because they don't have a, 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 a big band or they don't have a football team. But go ahead, tell me about Lincoln. No, Lincoln. Lincoln has football. See, that's the thing. Lincoln is actually the furthest west HBCU that there is. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know that. When you get past Lincoln and Langston and Oklahoma, there is nothing else um, west past that. Right. That's it. That's where the black college is in. And so when you look at when you look at Lincoln, Missouri, you know, it's in it's in Jefferson City. You know, it was started. This is the interesting part I was reading about. It started as um the, the, the a school and land grant and a school for freed African Americans. And so it opened the doors in 1866. And they were it was full of a lot of military folks, man, uh, from from the colored infantry that came there and went to school and did a lot of things. And so you had a whole lot of stuff that 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 went down in the Midwest that a lot of people don't really know about because you know Midwest was a little bit different in the South. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And so that's that's a little bit about that's I mean that's just you know, uh, a little bit about the history, about the history of Lincoln, man. They, um, you know, got some notable alumni. And, and Lincoln, Lincoln's a very small school, too. Have, have you ever been out there? Have you ever been out there? I guess you have. I heard, I heard, no, I heard, but I heard a nice campus. Yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln. Hey, it's a beautiful campus. Like I said, Jefferson City, it's, it's three, they have 3,000, 3,000, about 3,100 students. Um, not, not very expensive. They all, they offer, um, over 20, over 20 majors and, and about six or seven master's degree programs. Um, you know, it's not a bad school at, at all. And, yeah. and so they had some pros. They had some pros come out of that, didn't they? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they have. I'm sure. I'm sure they have. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know off the top of my head, but um, I'm sure they have. But see, I, I know Lincoln well because when I was in the mid Midwest coaching, you know, I got an opportunity to visit and coach against them, and so that was one of my first times getting to see what that school was all about. <laughs> and so, and some of the notable alumni, you know, at Lincoln, you got, you got people like you just mentioned, Lamar Parrish. You know, defensive back from the 70s and 80s, pro, eight-time Pro Bowl. You know, remember Joe Torre? You know Joe Torre. Joe Torre went to Lincoln. You know, you got um, 
you know, a couple, couple other people, man. Uh, <clears throat> Ronald, Ronald Towns, uh, you know, one of the Tuskegee, Tuskegee Airmen, one of the poor. You know, so, I mean, it's just one of our programs that's in Missouri, which I think anybody ever gets the opportunity to go to Missouri, go to Lincoln, should visit. Only HBCU out there. And the the the, the only HBCU is West. So that's our school spotlight, man. You got anything else for tonight for the good of the fans? Say it again. You got anything else tonight for the good of the fans? I ain't got anything to say, but the, I'm I'm gonna end this on this note right here. I am um today today is a new day, and um you know you got your bit you got your guys like your Bill Rodens and those guys who are talking who always want to talk about you know we need to bring the top athletes back to black colleges and black colleges were built on you know top athletes. Um, one thing I will say is today. Today is the day that the top athletes are coming back to black college because what Deion Sanders did, Deion Sanders has brought um Deion Sanders has brought the top athletes back to the HBCU landscape. And I am We've been saying it. I am as a as We've a person who grew up yeah, as a person who grew up black college with the all Morgan State games as a kid. Um it's good to see, you know, Travis Hunter. Uh, be an HBCU um, uh, student next year. I think that he'll play. I think that he will have a definitely impact on the SWAC. And um, I think this is monumental, uh, not for college, because, you know, college always get the top recruits, but I think this is monumental for black college football. And um, if they can keep him out, if they can keep him out that damn portal, that they got something. Today was a win. They just got to treat them right. If they're going to do it, they just got to treat them right. So, hey, man, well, that's it for the, for, for the HBC. We appreciate everybody listening. This is our fifth podcast. Let me tell you, we, we, we're still on our way. We got a lot more. Next couple coming weeks, we'll be focusing on basketball and looking at some other, other sports and some other things that going on in the HBC athletic world. So, like we always say, man, we're signing out. It's all about the brand. And not the bane. Peace. Break.